0: In this episode of Journey to the Stone, we talk about one of the most difficult sapphires in the world to find. One of the stones I love the most and one of the stones I've made it my sole purpose every time I buy rough. And I buy hundreds and hundreds of kilos of rough sapphire every month. Today, we talk about the legendary Padparacha sapphire. There is a whole world within the world of Padparacha. Sapphire. Now, Padparacha Sapphire is by far one of the most coveted precious gems in the world. This particular gem is really, really unique. It gets its color from the trace elements of iron and chromium, but it is very rare when you see the perfect mix of iron and chromium creating the crazy lotus color that is naturally created by the hand of Mother Nature. Now, a lot of stones are heated to reach this, but to find it in the natural form is almost impossible. You're talking about one in a hundred million sapphires. It's extremely coveted and extremely rare. So let me take you to where it all began. Let's go to Sri Lanka. The Padparacha was named after, it was named in Sri Lanka. It was one of the most favorite gems by the Maharajas down during the time. This particular stone is named after the lotus flower. So when you're looking at the perfect pad you're looking at a perfect pink orange mix now this is because chromium and iron penetrate the crystal structure and it's very very rare to see it perfectly crystallized so if you have a pad that is crystal that you can see into it that is not hazy or anything of the sort you're looking at big money, five digits up. And it's very, very, very uncommon if the color is truly a padparacha. Now let's talk about how it all began. So these particular gems are found amongst the sapphires that come out of all different parts of Sri Lanka, because they represent one in a hundred million sapphires. They're very uncommon because, you know, pinks are rare but we do get pinks right we get violets we get blues we get oranges we get all the colors of the spectrum in rough coming out of Sri lanka but this is the perfect mix of two colors to create the legendary paparacha now there's different types of paparachas that different particular people collect there's the sunrise color All the way to the sunset color, and I'm going to explain about that. The sunrise color, I would say, is probably, you know, 80% pink to 20% orange and then it goes all the way to like the sunset color which is the exact opposite 80% orange 20% pink now there's a whole world and a whole opinion within the gemological associations of the world what they accept as paparazzi and what they don't it all really depends on the laboratory but the range can be 80 20 the range could be 70 30. some labs only will give paparazzi you know determination to 6535 going in each color range so it really depends on the laboratory but listen if you can get a certificate that states paparacha you're in good shape because they're pretty much respected if the lab is a reputable lab and right if the gemologist who certified it is reputable so when we're talking paparacha we're talking about you know something that is rare it is collectible it's one in a hundred million Sapphires and no joke. I move about one thousand to one thousand two hundred kilos of corundum every month. That is my core business: wholesaling to cutting factories all over Thailand, all over the world. And I tell you, my core business is buying rough from all different locales. So I'm going to get into that in a minute. Where paparazzi has discovered, b- besides the legendary Sri Lanka, but it does represent a very minuscule amount of the material in the natural form. Now, I sell a lot of rough, for example, I'll take you over to Ilakaka. I was one of the largest suppliers of rough sapphire into the Canterbury and the world market of Ilakaka sapphire at the time. When the discovery of Ilakaka happened twenty odd years ago, I was there. I was aggressive. I was buying rough like no tomorrow, and we did have a lot of paparachas that came out of Ilakaka, predominantly after heat treatment. Once they were, you know, exposed to eighteen hundred degrees of heat, a lot of times the silk would reduce and the colors would improve. And there you would see an RNG pink saturation. They still get certified as paparacha in almost every lab. Cap Florence, she's a purist. She only sells paparacha that is 100% unheated, which is like looking for the needle in the haystack. It's the de-flawless dilemma. The reason why she will only use de-flawless in her jewelry is because she's a purist. Every other major brand in the world sells VBS One. It's just the way it is. They also sell. Heated paparazzi in most cases. Some of the most important paparazzi out there are heated. And all that's happened was you took a natural sapphire, you put it into a crucible at 1,800 degrees, you heated that stone, you know, and it's sort of an aging process of what Mother Nature would have done over another billion years, etc. and therefore you get a paparazzi. But cat, no! If it ain't natural, unheated, it ain't paparacha in her world. But anyway, that's a different story. But if you got a Cap Florence paparacha, you know what you got. You know the rarity and you know the collectability. So I'll take you, this is where it all began. It started in Sri Lanka and we get this very sporadically. You buy a hundred kilos, you maybe get one stone. It could be a quarter carat, could be a, a half carat, something like that, but it's not big sizes. You get a big paparacha, you're talking big, big money. 20 30 40 50 000 a carat in two three four five carat sizes and if you can get above 10 carat just slap yourself and wake yourself up because you're dreaming you're dreaming good quality paparazzi good color perfect mix unheated natural 10 carat up big big money big money Woo! you got lots of money coming to you lots of money they're just very very uncommon something about when you mix chromium and iron together within the crystal structure it's almost impossible to get clean and it's very very difficult to get it in large sizes so From Sri Lanka, I started going to Ilakaka. Now, Ilakaka was a crazy area. If you don't know what happened with Ilakaka, okay, we're talking about southern Madagascar. Now, nobody could imagine this would happen. Literally, I'm telling you within 30 days of the discovery of the Ilakaka mine in Madagascar, there was 20,000 miners They built a town. I've never seen anything like it. They built a town. There were gambling stations. There were restaurants. There was everything there. It was a town with 20,000 people living and they were just mining randomly everywhere for pink sapphire. The ties were flying in because the ties are the the number one buyers of rough sapphire in the world when it comes to material that needs heat treatment or heat enhancement. And, you know, because the majority of the heating is done in Chantabat Thailand, so they were flying in. It was it was crazy. It was chaos. It was like the gold rush in California. It was wow. Twenty thousand people. Boom. Town built along this road. Mines going up left, right, and center. You're discovering pink, greens, blues, all different varieties of color coming out of Ilocaca. Crazy, crazy times. And then. I'll give you the next locale that was found. Now we fast forward about 10 years going into the Diddy location. Now Diddy was very short lived lived for only about 9 months. This was in about a, this was in a national reserve. Now the Diddy deposit, really interesting as well. I was one of the first guys into Diddy. This grabbed a lot of attention because the Diddy deposit produced some sapphires that really will rival the most important colors in the world like the Kashmir, the Burma, etc. It also produce some amazing paparachas as well as some amazing rubies and the story of this gem was actually quite interesting because you had some illegal loggers who are not supposed to be obviously taking you know you know, logging in the middle of you know a, a national forest. And basically they pulled down this tree or whatever and he found these two rocks. Didn't know what the heck was going on with that. Took them into the capital, put them in his pocket, took them into the capital, sold them to a friend of mine who paid 20 grand. I remember when he paid 20 grand for the stones, he showed them to me, I literally fell off my chair. 20 grand he paid for the stones, right? I tried to buy them for 50, 60, 80, right? 100, that was my final offer. He went back to Sri Lanka with those stones. He sold them for 600,000, 600,000. And then they went to auction, fetching 2 million. Crazy days. Now, what happened with Diddy is all of a sudden, all. 10,000 of the miners in Ilocaca migrated to Diddy. It was like crazy. They just grabbed the town and started moving to Diddy. I remember when Dr. Peretti came in by helicopter from GRS Swiss lab. Everybody was rushing to Diddy to see what the heck is going on there with all these different discoveries and Then the military came in and said, no, 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 no mining in the national forest," And they shut that down. I mean, good for them. They came in and they shut it down. It was a matter of a week or so, and everybody was removed. Everybody, everybody started walking back, and it was it was crazy time, so good on them that 's what happened. I was in very early days. I got in and out when there was only a couple of hundred people mining in the area, and basically got out some amazing collectible pieces at the time, but that was a very short lived deposit, but it produced some of the most amazing paparachas as well, and I collected those and held on to them since literally two thousand and twelve so we 're looking at around ten years i 've been holding on to those really gem quality stones. I give them to Kat every once in a while, but they're finite. There is no more coming out of that particular material. I also collect paparacha that comes out of the Magok stone tract. These are extremely rare. Now, Magok doesn't produce, it produces some of the most important rubies in the world, but it doesn't produce paparacha. Surprisingly, not a lot of paparachas coming out of the Magok stone tract. So when I see them, I collect them. When I write, you know, especially in unheated form, I'm like, oh my! this jackpot, Burmese unheated natural potaracha the unattainable. So I collect those as well. And, but they're very, very, very uncommon. So don't hold your breath to see one of those. I think cat in history has sold one or two pieces only, right? And I've got a couple of stones that I have on display in museums, and that's about it. Just very, very uncommon. All paparachas are rare. You have to understand that. Whether you go sunrise or sunset or perfectly the lotus flower in the middle, they're all extremely rare. You must understand the importance of this sapphire because it is one of the most difficult sapphires in the world to find, especially if you're going above a carat. If you go above a carat, it reduces your chance dramatically. If you go above three carats, you're not talking one in a hundred million, you're talking one in I mean, just like one a year. They're very rare to find top top gem, perfect color paparachas above three carat, four carat, five carat, and they demand huge prices at auction and they're very, very coveted. So as a guy who sells like over a thousand 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 twelve hundred kilos of rough sapphire and ruby every month i can tell you paparacha is very close to my heart and something i really try to collect when i get it you know the majority of the paparachas i see right now i get it very sporadically out of sri lanka right so basically they'll be pan mining in the river and basically they'll pull out a stone and there it'll be a paparacha i tell you it's almost impossible to buy it from the miners if you have a hot paracha in Sri Lanka, it's very difficult to get, but... Every once in a while you'll be able to get a deal and that's what I focus on, you know, cause I buy so much. So a lot of times they might have collected like 50 kilos of rough material over a period of three to six months or whatever out of pan mining with their whole family and they have one big stone and I get a good deal cause I buy it all, right? Cause I sell rough as my core business but I'll take that paracha as my prize. And that's how I get the parachas coming into the collection. Right? Cat only focuses on the best. So if you've ever seen a Cat Florence paparacha, some notable stones she's actually worked with, she's done about four or five of my 10 carat up paparachas. They're extremely rare and there's no chance they're coming back. I mean, you see those once every five to, you know, five, six years, I'll run across a stone that I can cut into a 10 carat. You'll see some notable Two, three-carat sizes, four-carat sizes coming out of the Diddy deposit. But I think I only had like 20 stones in total. And that's the end of that era. You get some Sri Lankans randomly come in, a five-carat, a three-carat, a two-carat. Very, very limited. I mean, I've bought a lot of antique Paparachas in the past stones that i actually buy from miners who have held on to these crystals and had them for you know multiple generations as well because this is a historical gem that dates back and has been collected for over a hundred years so this is something that even the maharajas of ancient india wanted even you know the kings and the people who traded you know those routes at that period all wanted paparacha it's just a color that is remarkable whether you're getting the orangey pink or the pinkish orange they're all unique they're all special if you've got good crystal and you've got an unheated stone pat yourself on the back it's only getting more and more difficult with Ilocaca going out of play with the diddy sapphire deposit not producing anything right now and Sri lanka still hand mining after all these years most likely paparazzi we will see very very few in the future to come so thank you for listening to my episode about paparazzi you know what to do remind yourself to be reminded when i make a new uh podcast episode whatever you guys call this thing right always trying the education if you know, I think they have a button there that says click on me if you want to be updated. Every Usually I put out my podcast every week on Monday. Occasionally I do it with other people along my journeys. Thank you for listening. Glad to educate you about the legendary paparazzi sapphire. And remember, if you have a paparazzi, hold on. The value is only going up and up and up because the supply is going down and down and down. Welcome to my world. Everything is finite. Hunting the world's rarest gems is not an easy task. Love you all. See you in the next episode.